May we all stand as we go to our scripture reading today. It's coming from Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, and we will read in concert verse 7 through to verses 12. Revelation chapter 12, reading in concert together verse 7 through verses 12. Okay, and we go together, it says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was there found any in heaven, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuseth them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and he that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he had but a short time. May God bless us all for reading, hearing, and understanding of his holy word. For he knows that he only has but a short time. Yes. <clears throat> Pardon me, my mouth is getting dry already, and I'm spilling up here, making a mess up here. Mm. Mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh. Let me take you back, if I may, Let me do this first of all before I do anything else. Let me have this have a, have a pray a prayer with you. Father God, we thank you so much for those that have come here uh, on today. I pray, Father, that their spiritual needs may be fed today. Their spiritual needs may be met. You know, Father, what's on every heart here today. You know what's on every mind. I pray that, that the waiting audience is attentive, and I pray that you will give me the words to tell them what you have told me. Thank you, Father, for life, health, and strength. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jermaine. Let me take you back, if I can, um, if you will allow me to go back to the Isle of Platmos, where John 
is uh, after being exiled. Now, the oldest surviving disciple actually to have been with Jesus sat on a rock prison island far from anything that was near and dear to him. What must have been going on in John's mind as he found himself stranded on this desolate island? How, do we, how did he wind up there? And like this, too. After all, he had seen Jesus leave. And he had seen the two angels standing there saying, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Acts 1.11. New King, New King James Version. That, however, had been years and years ago, and Jesus had not yet returned. Meanwhile, the other apostles present on that day already had died. Most of them martyred for their witness about Jesus. The young church had undergone a generational change and was now facing, facing horrible persecution from the outside and strange heretical movements from within. John must have felt alone, tried, restless, and restless. And then suddenly, he was given a vision. Joy, joy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Being, going through all of this. And, and my point today, I, I think I'm trying to make the point of, for each one of us, as we go through our trials, as we go through our tribulations, we may not see or may not have immediate gratification. We may not be able to be reached immediately, but um, the old psalmist says, weeping, Frank, weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So joy, joy, please let me impress upon you, let, let me encourage you not to give up the fight. Continue your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he'll make everything all right. And I can think I can take my seat now and, 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 and it's over. But I have gone through, I have gone through the, the, the task of preparing a few slides. I'd like for you, I'd ask you to bear with me as I see if I can't make this, make this thing work and see how well I can follow instructions. What have I done? Uh-oh. What did I do? 
Did I turn them on? What have I done, Ben? Yeah, that's what I thought it was this one to go forward. This one goes forward? Oh, okay. All right. Thank you, Jermaine. Now, the whole church as one body in Christ should experience joy and suffering together. We're told that, you know, that if one, if one hurts, we all hurt. If one rejoices, then we all should rejoice. Brothers and sisters, please, it's, you know, you, and you know, it's past time to be playing church. We should be, we, we've got to get serious about this thing. We've got to be serious about our salvation. You know, and while I'm on that, and another thing, especially in this church, if you're asked to serve in any capacity, please do so, because whenever you refuse, guess who you're really hurting? You're really hurting yourselves. You're depriving yourselves of a rich experience to learn how the church works, to learn your brothers and sisters, to meet them on a more intimate, intimate way that you, that you would not have the opportunity to by just by sitting in, in the pews every Sabbath and listening to sermons. But whenever I, I joined this church, I wanted to be a participant. I didn't want to be a spectator. And whenever I join life, anything that I participate in, I really want to know all the workings of it. I want to know the inner mechanisms of how it works. That should be our goal, I believe, here in the church as well. You, know, you, 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 you get out of something what you put into it. All right? So I encourage you to be steadfast and faithful. And, and I remind you of your future reward with God. Now Romans 5 to Romans 5th chapter verses 2 through 5. It's there. Okay, we see, and I think I can push this. Oh, here we go. <laughs> by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience, and experience, hope. And hope make it, maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Amen. Amen. Let me see. It's supposed to go forward. No, it goes backwards. Jermaine. Okay. And bear with me. I won't be before you long, I hope, if everything goes okay. Um, then we have Philippians 4, 4 through 6. No, that's not Philippians 4, 4 through 6. Nope. Uh-oh. 
I think, I think you may have to because it's, or do you? Maybe I didn't put it on. Maybe it was, it's not supposed to be up there. Philippians 4, 4 through 6 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, another word for moderation means gentleness. Let your gentleness be known unto all men that the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. That word careful can be substituted for anxious. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Um, in the review in the Herald, June, dated June 12, 1888, we find uh, Mrs. White writing about uh, the fact that if you really want to receive this joy, joy, then we have to have a mind, the mind of Christ. It said, you know, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. So bear with me, if you will, and let's just discuss the kind of Christian mind that we should be about. And... Um, I think that there are some, 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 some nuggets here that we can take away that will be very beneficial for our spiritual walk. And I didn't bring a handkerchief either, so Jermaine, you're helping, you're helping to do double duty here. No, Jermaine, I'll use this. I'll use this, yes sir, I'll use this if you don't mind. I only have paper all over my face when I'm done, so that'll be good. That'll be another treat. Now. The natural mind, and I think I have that up here. Didn't I have that up here? Oh, here it is. Now, not that you guys can't read, but it does help to point these things out, I think. The natural, the natural selfish mind, if left to follow out its own evil desires, will act without high motives without reference to the glory of God or the benefit of mankind. The thoughts will be evil, and only evil continually. The soul can be in a state of peace only by relying on God and by partaking in the divine nature through faith in the Son of God. The Spirit of God produces a new life in the soul bringing the thoughts and desires into obedience to the will of Christ. And the inward man is renewed in the image of him who works in us to sub subdue all things unto himself. Amen. Yes. So, my goodness, even, even without the devil influencing us, this powerful angel, fallen angel, in our, na our natures already have a bent toward doing evil instead of doing righteously. So, can't we now really begin to see how much we do need a savior? We cannot fix this problem ourselves. In fact, we mess it up when we try to go alone. We need to fall on our knees and pray for the help of the Holy Spirit to guide us. 
We cannot be good church members on our own. This, this fight is too big for us. We, need, we have to turn it over to the son of righteousness. And the Holy Spirit will guide us in the right direction. By your permission again, we have, we have each of us an individual work to do, to gird up the loins of our minds, to be sober, and to watch unto prayer. The mind must be firmly controlled to dwell upon subjects that will strengthen the moral powers. The youth should begin early, youth, early to cultivate correct habits of thought, Samantha, we were just talking about this, weren't we? Yeah. Uh-oh. We should discipline the mind to think in a helpful channel and not permit it to dwell upon the things that are evil. The psalmist ex exclaims, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. As God works upon the heart by his Holy Spirit, Man must cooperate with him. The thoughts must, the thoughts must be bound about, restricted, withdrawn from branching out and contemplating things that will only weaken and defile the soul. The thoughts must be pure. The meditations of the heart must be clean. If the words of the mouth are to be words acceptable to heaven and helpful to your associates, I, I read that wrong. Christ said to the Pharisees, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by the words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Okay, and I'm still now in um, Review and Herald. So, we know that once, once we say something, once we allow the tongue to take over and we breathe these words out, they don't have the creative power as Jesus Christ does, but boy, they can give quite a sting. They can ruin people's lives. And picture this. Picture there being a scribe behind a curtain and everything that we do not that don't get me wrong not that our lord and savior is someone who's looking to punish you at every turn that you make no it's not that but we we're going to be facing something uh, very soon called the investigative judgment and our deeds are written down in these books and by the way, I pray that our names are not removed from the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. And we should pray for each other that our names be not removed. 
But imagine that they're being a scribe behind a curtain. And all that you do and say is being written down. Oh, if only we could pull back that curtain and see that scribe there, that angel there writing down what we were writing. Would we not be more careful as to the words that we allow to escape from our lips? Oh, okay. That's not what I have here. Okay, let's go with this one. Those who are pressing toward the mark for the prize of a high calling in Jesus are giving to the world an example of faith and obedience. They are directing attention to the world to come and impressing upon souls the worth of eternal life. You cannot do this great work without taking the Savior with you. But you may have his presence and rejoice in associating with the Prince of Peace. You may communicate with Jesus by, by the way. You may speak with him as with a friend. Joy, joy. You may know that he is at your side as an ever-present helper. Joy, joy. You may ask him to give you strength to resist every temptation uh, of the evil one. Joy, joy. You may have confidence that he, bears your, that he bears your prayers and understands your perplexities, weighs your burdens and pities your weaknesses. He is tempted in all points like as we. He is touched with the feeling of infirmities and can, and can and will succor those who come into him in hours of dis distress and temptation. Joy, joy, let him abide in your heart that you may honor God and be a vessel filled with, filled with the blessings of heaven that you will be a gatherer with Christ and will bear fruit unto eternal, unto eternal life. As I was putting this together, it was quite obvious to me that every word in the Bible either is a message of joy right then or a message to come. Every word. This is a joyful book that we've been given. This roadmap that we've been given for righteous living is filled with joy. Excuse me. How often a man is given to contemplation of which, uh, oh, how often the mind is given to the contemplation of that which is earthly, sensual, and base. We give our time and thought to the trivial and the commonplace things of the world and neglect the great interests that pertain to eternal life. The noble powers of the mind are dwarfed and enfeebled by lack of exercise on themes that are worthy of their concentration. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, 
Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of, are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if, any, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Joy, joy. That's a roadmap, a roadmap for, to, de, to de-stress, especially now uh, with, with, this, with this COVID situation. One of the main ways that we can contract this virus is through, is through, is through being stressed. We are being asked to go through this pandemic. I'm going to call it a pandemic. Um, we're asked to go, th- to go through this pandemic, but yet and still do not become upset. You know, we, if we become stressful, then um, our immune system is affected and we are more, more readily able to contract this, this virus. The best way to avoid stress is to do these whatever soever things are. That is the way. That is the way. I believe. Anyway. Let's see what else is up here. All right. I think I've gone down this rabbit hole. Let me go ahead and and finish up. Um, So, we're saying, now how can you, you want, uh, Brother Lee, you're, you're talking about joy, joy, and yet and still we see all these things happening around us that are dire. So how in the world can we receive joy? Well, let's look at what happened here in Hebrews um, 11, verses 35 through 40. We see here where uh, women received, re- received their dead raised to life again. Is that behind me? Yes. We see women raised their dead, raised, women received their dead, raised to life again. And others who were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mocking and scourging, yea, moreover, of bounds and bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. And they wandered in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided even God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be perfect should not be made perfect oh, Thank you Julian Um To say the least, this is very painful. To say the least, some of these deaths were very, very painful. Um, Hold up just for a second. Twenty-four, sixty-nine. 
Yes. Many think that pain is the exception in the Christian life. When suffering occurs, they say, why me? They feel that God has deserted them or perhaps was not as dependable as they thought. In reality, however, we live in an evil world filled with suffering, even for believers. But God is still in control. He allows Christians to become martyrs for the faith, and he allows others to survive persecution. Rather than asking, why me? It is much more helpful to ask, why not me? Our faith and the values of this world are on a collision course. If we expect pain and suffering to come, we will not be shocked when they hit. But we can also take control, take comfort in knowing that Jesus suffered too. Jesus suffered too. Must Christ bear the cross? And we all go free? No. There's a cross for you, and there's going to be a cross for me. So let's, let's just expect that there'll be suffering. But we know, again, that weeping lasts for a night, but joy comes in, in the morning. The suffering is for our own good. The suffering is like when Orville is up there pruning that tree, and he has to cut off those dead limbs to provide a, a way that, that fruit may, 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 may flourish on that tree. It has to be pruned. Our Christian walk is, is, is like being pruned. It, sometimes it will be painful, but the end re results will be the fruits of life that we'll be developing. But we can also take comfort in knowing that Jesus suffered too. He understands our fears, our weaknesses, our disappointments. Joy, joy. He promised never to leave us. Joy. And he intercedes on our behalf in times of pain, persecution, and suffering. We should trust confidently in Christ alone. Amen. Um, Just a little, perhaps, perhaps when we give our arms to the church, that is our time, our money, and our talents, many times they go unnoticed seemingly, and no reward is ever given. Could this also be a type of silent suffering that must be endured? Could it? Um, I have you here. Another note. Yes. So, <clears throat> rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men that the Lord is at hand. I think I read that before. Now, it seems, it seems strange to a man in prison, it seems strange that a man in prison would be telling a church to rejoice. 
But Paul's attitude teaches us an important lesson. And our inner attitudes do not have to reflect our outward circumstances. Paul was full, was full of joy because he knew that no matter what happened to him, Jesus Christ was with him. Several times in this letter, Paul urged the, the Philippians to be joyful, probably because they needed to hear this. You know, we have some people that are cheerleaders. Everybody may not be able to come and speak at, at the podium like this, but we can all have, use, our, use our gifts and our talents. Or maybe you can if you would just give yourself a chance. But some folks are just good cheerleaders. They can just encourage people toward good works. Paul urged the Philippians to be joyful probably because they needed to hear this. It's easy to get discouraged about unpleasant circumstances or to take unimportant events too seriously. If you haven't been joyful lately, you may not be looking at life from the right perspective. From the right perspective. Brothers and sisters, if I had gone this week with the wrong perspective at Hartford High School, I, oh, I wish that you could see some of the things that I saw this week. Um, grown people, boys and girls, very intelligent looking people, just like most like you guys out there now. Intelligent looking people, dress nicely. Big people, some of them larger than I. But boy, when you talk with them and they open their mouths and they started to speak, the need is so great. Some of these kids, big, can't even, can't even speak in, in, in complete sentences. I was asked to proctor a, a PSAT test with some of these kids. And some of these kids became so frustrated trying to read the instructions of the test. So they can't read. And with their juniors in high school getting ready to graduate and can't read. Can you imagine how they are gonna just, just be prey for these wolves that are just waiting to gobble them up out here? Oh my Lord, for such a time as this, we were made to go out and be that example to the world. We have all this knowledge. We, 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 we talk about these things in our Sabbath schools. I, I, I hear you, all this knowledge. But do you have the commitment to go out into the highways and the byways and to put it to use where it can, be, where it can do the most good? Truly, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Let's be found to be laborers. And having some of those, some of these multitudes of sins covered, if we bring someone to Christ, by doing that, a multitude of our sins can be covered. So indeed, whenever you go out and help somebody, you're just not helping them. You're helping yourself to enter into the gates. So take up the challenge. Do these things. You can do it.
You have been made to do it. You have been born to do it. You have been, for such a time as this, every one of you are out here. There are people out here who could get up here and preach a sermon much better than I, I'm doing right now. You wouldn't be mumbling and bumbling with this machine. You would just go right to it. You could do it. You can do it. But I might have something that you don't have, and I have the will to do it. I don't mind making a mistake. So what? That's how we learn. I've learned that that's how we learn is through mistakes. Nobody knows it all. Whoever does it well, somebody show them. They didn't just grow up just having all this knowledge. Somebody show them. You can be, and somebody can show you. You just have to have the will to do it. When you're asked to sing, some of you have beautiful voices. When the, uh, we're asking you to, we have this um, <clears throat> nominating committee coming up in this church where we have to vote for officers. Put down there, yes, I'll serve. Because some of these people that we have serving now in this church, they'd love to have a break. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. And I bet you can do a better job as a clerk of this church than I can. You can. There's nothing to it. It really is nothing to it. Somebody just has to show you, just like somebody showed me. You can do these things, so don't feel uh, t intimidated by this. It's, it's really not that hard. But it is hard. <laughs> it is hard. It's, it's hard whenever, you, because you know you're trying to do your best and then it's discouraging sometimes. When you think that you're trying to do your best and then someone comes with that tongue we talked about it a minute ago and says vile and vicious things about you. And you know what? You don't hear it from the person. You hear it secondhand. And that, you know, and I don't know. It's just something about our human nature. We start hearing things secondhand. It just rakes at us. It's like, oh boy, I need to get back and tell that person something. But then the Holy Spirit says to you, nope, you can't do it. You can't do it because we remember the little scribe behind the curtain and writing down your intentions and writing down what you say. So let me just <clears throat> let me just bring this to an end because I and I thank you so much for your attention. As our day <coughs> as our day will be, as our day will be our strength. When the Christian is looking forward, thank you, Yvonne. When the Christian is looking forward to duties and severe trials that he anticipates are to be brought upon him because of his Christian profession of faith, it is human nature, it is human nature to contemplate the consequences and shrink from the prospects. And this will be decidedly so as we near the close of Earth's history. We may be encouraged by the truthfulness of God's word that Christ never fails his children as their safe leader in the hour of their trial. For we have the truthful record of those who have been under the, uh, the oppressive powers of Satan that his grace is according to their day. God is faithful, who will not suffer us to be tempted above that we are able. Joy, joy. That comes from Selective Messages, 
398.4. Christ will come in his own glory, in the glory of his Father, and in the glory of, of, of the holy angels. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands of angels, the beautiful, triumphant sons of God, possessing surpassing loveliness and glory, will escort him on his way. In the place of a crown of thorns, he will wear a crown of glory, a crown within a crown, in the place, in place of that old purple robe. He will be clothed in a garment of whitest white, so as no fuller on earth, so as no fuller on earth can white, can white it. And on his vesture, and on his thigh, a name will be written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Okay, that's Revelations 19, 16, and that's from our high calling, 367.3. So brothers and sisters, let's commit ourselves to doing what is right seeking the Lord's faith, face, overcoming day by day, praying for one another, because as we pray for one another, this is what God wants us to do. He blesses us when we, we, when we pray for each other. And let's continue to be the Christians, brothers and sisters, that we were that we were born and bred to be. Thank you so much for your attention. That's all I have. To, I'm not going to wear you out. That's all I have for you. I'm not going to wear myself out. That's all I have for me. Thank you for listening. <laughs>